At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm your host, James Boyd. And here with me, I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Chilling, man. I'm just uh, shot a music video this weekend. New song, uh, or not a new song, but new video for uh, "Think About a Chick" up on the YouTube channel. It's doing pretty well, and you know, um, trying to figure out uh, this gaming PC with uh, your brother, and uh, you know, we trying to, you know, I'm trying to get in this uh, this streaming game because there's, there's nothing else to do, James. <laughs> <laughs> Except, you know, the evil, what you may call wrestling, <laughs> you know. So I was just I was gonna ask you since you um since you shot this music video, like, so what were you going for? Were you paying homage to MC Hammer and the pumps in a bump video? Or you out there <laughs> you out there to spin the speedo? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. I shot, I shot the video right in the living room. Oh, okay, I have not seen it yet. I, I need to see it. You've sent it to me a few times. I've not got around. I've not gotten around to seeing it. I've been too busy trying to just just drink and guzzle down all the puro. Dude, I've watched three, no, four different shows, four different Japanese wrestling shows in the last uh, twenty four hours. Um, How does it feel? <laughs> I've missed it. <laughs> I've missed it. Like, uh, because um, last weekend, I believe, uh, was supposed to be Stardust pay-per-view. Ended up getting um, postponed till the 12th or two weekends ago. So, like, there was they just had no weekend. They just had a weekend just free. So, I was like, I don't even, even know what to do with myself. Like, I'm used to getting two shows. So, I was like, all right, well, I'll just save them for, like, a couple weeks. Um, so, I ended up doing that. And then it was like, I guess I'll check out... St- the cyber fight thing like Zach and, and you have been talking about it and I'm like alright I get to it and then I look to go watch it today I'm like it's six hours oh, I'm yeah. not doing it that was like a, 
Bro, uh, well, I got his ex. Uh, I watched it with Zach and Jamie. Um, so we pulled it up, and bro, we was just letting them their matches play from the beginning, like super undercar style, like not even paying attention. And then we look up, oh, okay, it's time to pay attention, and it's like an hour into the show. So, uh, but yeah, it was. We'll get to it later, but I uh, really enjoyed that show a lot. Yeah, I, I like what I saw of it. So yeah, man, let's get into it, man. Um, Dominion was this morning. We have a new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. It is not the Rainmaker. It is Shingo Takagi, the Dragon. Um, what are your thoughts? I guess I was categorically wrong uh, last week when I said I, I may have said like Okada or was virtually a guarantee to win this match. He was not, but um. I uh, am very happy for Shingo Takagi uh, to to get this belt, and it's it's amazing. We're gonna pretty much instantly be vindicated by saying he should have been the one to get the belt twelve months ago. Um, and, and you know, I'll go ahead and, and preemptively take the victory lap on that. Uh, yeah, he's been incredible all year. Um, just yeah, you know, I think he's the leading candidate possibly for. Um, your wrestler of the year, like your, um, you know, your, the, you know, you know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, uh, Henry. But, um, or most, yeah. most outstanding wrestler for, yeah. Um, yeah. And then our yeah, Earl Wolves is the, is the in ring performer. Yeah. He's, he's just been incredible in all these big matches. And, um, it really like shakes up what you thought may have been like this regimented, pattern in New Japan's booking where it's like, well, maybe Shingo has to wait another year to get it. Or oh, wow, they'll actually put Shingo on top. Who knew that they'd actually do it? So that I know is, you know, a, a small hope, but, you know, that gives me hope for, you know, someone like an Ishii or something like that. Just to, <laughs> Don't do just it. To, you know, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, but, but Shingo, like, uh, getting that belt, it's like, well, it, it's, it's going to be real funny. You know, you start looking at Lij. It's like, man. So, like, the someone that that's not the unit leader is the world champion. How does that work? Um, so, that's going to be, I think, a, a bridge they may have to eventually cross. I think that would be kind of exciting. Um, I, I'm really happy for Shingo because, like, a, another loss here would have been devastating, and we all thought it was coming, uh, especially off of losing Osprey, uh, losing losing a lot of matches, big matches in a row, but he turned this one around and it was almost like, I don't know why we didn't once think like, Hey, Shingo can actually do it here. But, um, I don't, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, like Okada brought up actually a lot of, uh, interesting talking points in the interview he did. Yeah. Before, I didn't check and, that out. What, know, go ahead. Yeah. What did he say to you that stood out to you? Um, he was just basically burying New Japan for like the last year uh, of what <laughs> they were doing with the double belts. Shit was a bad idea. Um, you know, he never really thought much about Shingo except that he was another wrestler from another company. Essentially, he brought up his matches with Kenny because he was like, "Well, you know, can a can a big match really like you know can you do good, good business off the best bouts?" And then he's like, "Well, you know, there was me and Kenny like <laughs> like we did that, but." Um, and there was just a, a level of like transparency in Okada, of course, within storyline that right. you don't really see because you know if you're not following the shit super close. But uh, I made it a point to watch that. But he mentioned something about Shingo where it was like you know 
it, if it's Shingo's time, but what happens next after Shingo? And I hate to say, to of course, I, I want to be in the moment with Shingo here. And I don't know if there was this arduous climb with Shingo rather than just like this respect everyone just carried for Shingo, mm-hmm. which is going to carry, carry him through. So um, his first challenge is going to be Ibushi. So I'm sure they'll have a great match. But um, going forward, I, I don't know if Shingo stops the bleeding that's in New Japan, but he definitely uh, is a turn of, like he he's applying pressure on the tourniquet, I believe. So, like I, it's just once you beat Okada for that belt, I always look around like what else is around there for you. Um, and in comparison to the Cyber Agent show, I was looking at the ages for some of those guys that are like ace level performers in New Japan you're not seeing those guys at the same age so uh, i'm still just kind of big picture in all this stuff and it's all probably just coming out uh in a smorgasbord of like vomit right now but i think i, I believe it's called awesome. a stream of consciousness it's kind of what i do when we talk i was like i just we talk and i'll just like go on forever because i'll just think about all the things that come to mind because i'm not like really giving any definitive answer i'm just thinking of all these different things uh yeah and, and I don't know if Shingo's going to have the pressure on him to, to to do big business or anything like that. But I mean, we can start with the great matches. We'll, let, let's start there. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, what, what do you think about Shingo getting this uh, belt? Um. So, all right, let's talk about it, man. The fucking algorithm has fucked me again. Um, you know, it got normally, me this morning too. So. Norm- Normally, when if it's a stardom show, I'll just I'll just you know either I'll stay my ass up, pay the money for pay per view, and just stay up and watch it. Right? Like that's one of the that's a like that fifty bucks is like just the best peace of mind to know that like I'm just gonna get my ass up because I spent fifty dollars, so I know I'm gonna get my ass up at like two three in the morning and watch this shit, and I can do go on and go back to sleep or whatever else. So, mm-hmm. um, but before then, it used to be like nope, nope. Like uh, Grand Grand Prix final night. Nope, just I'm staying away from checking anything, not checking email. Just like because I've been screwed over so many times. Like so, but anyway, when it comes to New Japan, like I, I just didn't think about it. And I, you know, you do you scroll once or twice, and you on, you know, you have your guard up. Like, is this some bullshit? I'm about to scroll and see. Does that look like this? <laughs> do I see NJ? Nope, nope. Look away. Um, app. You know, you go away from the app. You go back to the app. The app refreshes, and the next thing you know. A, a tweet that you liked because obviously it's like is your Twitter account you liked it you had no you have no idea that I'm going to see it but the f- stupid fucking algorithm says hey you interact with this person you like the things he likes you talk to him by the thing uh, in, in context so let's show let's put on the summer jam screen a like that you liked uh, that Rich liked and I'm just like man I'm so sick and tired of this fucking algorithm takes so much joy for me <laughs> Like I, I can't, I just can't. So, um, I, I went off on some rant talking about how much it fucking sucks, and I hate, I hate Twitter, even though I'm one all the time. Um, and then Jamie made the, the suggestion of, hey, have you considered moving to Japan? Yeah. So, so I was just joking around. I was like, I'm, I'll, I'll make a, just go ahead and make a pros and cons list. And let's go through that. You want to go through it? Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Let me pull up real quick. Um, so. <coughs> Japan's a far way away, you know. It's thirteen but, to fourteen hours away because you know we don't, I, right now it's thirteen hours because you know um, they don't observe uh, daylight saving times. They're smart than us. 
So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, the first pro that I had on the list was weekly trips to Cork and Hall shows. Right? Can't argue with that. Right, right. She, yeah, you, you probably watch, you know, you, you can watch Freedoms in there, probably, James. <laughs> oh, my God. If you wanted. Can you imagine having you B- had a Big Japan. Show? I haven't been to GCW, let alone fucking Combat Zone Wrestling. You think I go to Freedoms? Hell no. So, um, you got that. Uh, I said morning primetimes, uh, American sports in, in, like, pro wrestling. So, like, if a show starts at 8 o'clock here, that means it starts over there at, like, 9, 9 a.m., 10 a.m., depending on the time of the year. So, that, NBA just, Finals, 9 in the morning. That'd be awesome. Or 10. That, that'd be awesome. So, then I put in hashtag ahead because you know just just to be funny I'm ahead of y'all on the on the globe so uh, healthier food options obviously better potential healthcare uh, and then I said and then I must learn a second language to to live amongst the people right the cons six foot four in Japan yeah bro you ain't getting no clothes no shoes no no um, good seat seats. on the subway no like a good seat um like a toilet yeah um. Shit, trying trying to think like um, it's bad. You know, it's hard it, enough to be yeah, six foot four in, in any America. Any type of public transportation, right? It's yeah, bad enough to be six foot four in bad. America, let alone in Japan. Uh, and then we then we start getting to to the shit. So it's like a minority in a homogenous ethno state, and then I put in quotations some of the kids over there that have black Ooh. English teachers think that their teacher is made of chocolate. I've seen it. I did not know this. I, I didn't know what you meant by that when when I saw There's this a, message. You know the TikTok alg- another algorithm. TikTok sends you shit from when you like. So for example, like for some reason, it's I, not even when you like stuff on TikTok. It's when you watch it for too long. Yeah. So um, there's this guy in Japan that's an English teacher, um, and he talks about his encounters with the students and. He talks about all the microaggressions he has to deal with, where they ask him all these questions and stuff about like his skin, his hair. They and then like the kids that are in his school but aren't his, that aren't his students, like they they think he's made of chocolate and shit. And I'm just like, oh my god! And he's like, are you made of chocolate? No, I'm not made of chocolate. Chocolate cake? No. Chocolate cookie? No. Oh chocolate god. syrup? No. It. I, I will send you the link and I'll find it. But I saw that's, I, I, that's I, absolutely this, incredible. This person has been on my on my thing, like in my uh, for you page, like every so, like maybe like I see him two or three times a week, telling these kind of stories. And it's just it's like black wow. in Japan. I mean, you can go on YouTube and type in like uh, black in Japan or black in Tokyo, and you'll see these stories. Like it's, it's they they do. I, they I imagine no, no. I imagine the chocolate stove comes with a lot of Kong and Godzilla jokes as well. I. I haven't heard it yet, but it's within the realm of possibility. It's quite, yeah. And you know that you know, blackface over there too. Um, anyway, so, and then the last thing, and this was this was really, um, this was the main thing was, uh, and then the the last con was they are rarely thick over there. So, um, I, I I'm I'm going down I'm going down the list a little bit further down and we added more things as far as like you know they, they aren't as far as along in vaccinations as we are but they do mask up at almost all times so that, that's a pro and a con right there 
Um, but I'll look to it further. But right now, as of now, I am considering staying put. So, because um, yeah, of the 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 rarely being thick part is like the number one, or was that number two on the on the list? Like where we got that at? Okay, so if we being real, uh, for the <laughs> if we being real for the uh the cons list that I listed, I'm a, number one on the list for for why uh for why James Bull would probably not be going over to the land of the rising sun. Uh, it was the one that I could not completely make sound not problematic but I'll, I'll basically say this I need I need not I need because that, that, that's that's I just off preference I would prefer something with like a, a, a pretty significant curl pattern so a lot of it's really a lot of like just no curl straight hair out there and, and look no I'm not saying I don't like that I just talking about what I prefer not that much out there, and then once you throw in the fart, what well, ain't really thick out there. I, I, I think I'll stay on. I think I'll stay over here. I think I'll stay on the Western Hemisphere, and and, and see and just see how my luck runs from here on out. Like you know, as far as food, I'm not concerned oh, about man. the food. I'm not concerned about the food, but but yeah. Um, as far as Shingo, <laughs> <laughs> as far as Shingo, super happy. There's a dude that. You know, came into New Japan in, in what late 2018 or mid 2018? Like late 2018. And you know, by the time we got to that uh, corresponding um, Wrestle Kingdom, now it's the first time seeing him. Super impressed. And then he goes through Best of Super Juniors. He uh, he ends up uh, beating was it Kojima? He beat the transition over to Never. Uh yes. Yeah, and then he's in the Grand Prix. Get the Grand Prix, the G1. Like before, I used to call the, G- the Grand Prix G1. I'm calling the G1 Grand Prix um, now. And then he was in that. Uh, I almost did it again in the G1, and he was awesome. And he's just been one of their most consistent performers ever since he's been in been in you know their buildings in in the ring. Um, and I'm super happy for him. The dude's just the dude's just one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I'm watching that match, and I see they get to the 15 minute call, and I'm like, this typical Okada match. He has his shit at a certain level, simmering for like the first 10, 15 minutes. Um, so I'm like, all right, I hear the 20 minute mark. They start picking up at like the 15 minute mark. 20 minute mark is gone is, is when they really take off. And I'm just like, wow, he hasn't, he hasn't thrown the drop kick yet. He hasn't hit the drop kick yet. That's crazy. And then at the 30 minute mark, <laughs> right at 30 minute mark, he has to drop the first one. I was like, Holy shit! They've been re- they've been out here doing Olympic level re- Olympic level wrestling for like the last like twelve minutes, and now they get to the drop kick, and then they went to like the th- to past thirty five minute mark. And I'm like, it-, it was just awesome. Like Shingo's work on the back was awesome, and I'm super happy for him. Just get overall to it. Just like he's one of those people that you hope that it happens for, but you you're not sure that it's going to happen. You pretty much think it's never going to happen, and it does happen, and. You're just grateful that it happened, and regardless of the circumstance or whatever else, um, they can straighten that out on the back end or whatever else. But, um, like you said, you ain't got to worry about putting him in the semi-main event or the main event with the championship belt and ripping it up. That's all he does. All he does is have great matches. Um, and you know the fact that they end up going past 35 minutes with me is like if. At this point now, with me, if you go if you go past thirty minutes, you better have a damn good reason. And it's those two, and I think that's their best match. Like I, I thought, 
I thought that their best the best match of the G one last year may have been their match. Um, but I think this is better than that. Um, just just incredible back and forth. Shingo just, Shingo's work on the back was just incredible. Um, and just the fight towards the end down the, down the stretch and. I mean, it's a crazy match. I think that like how the crowd was clapping like with their forearms, like and it was like because you know the crowd just wants to go fucking nuts, and it was it was hard for me to judge this match. Like going back to watching the clap crowds, like from watching like AW, like Mm -hmm. as far as like what's getting over and um, stuff like that. But that Mm -hmm. was something very significant, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing for me was they actually. You know, because Okada has his his clap cadence or whatever else, and they were actually in. You know, once he was in danger towards down the stretch, like they were they were living and dying with him, and then they were going back and forth with who was in control based off of you know the back work and with um, Okada's work, like trying to choke him out. And I mean, it plays very well into their their G one match where just like he he made she uh, he made Shingo pass out. So. It, it was just, it was you know, two masters of the craft just going out there and, and um, whipping up something. I, for me, it's the best match I've seen this year so far. Like, I did not see Shingo versus uh, Osprey. Like, I, I know that's in um, as high a regard or maybe more. I just haven't seen it yet. I'll go, I'll get around to it. But yeah, this is be- this is the best match I've seen so far this year. Uh, I, I loved it. Just <laughs> like. Those are the guys you want to see go thirty, or or those are the guys you are okay with going past thirty five minutes. Like, like Jay White is a great wrestler. I don't want to see him go past thirty five minutes. I don't. Those guys, yes. Yeah. Um. I I really hope Shingo kind of keeps the belt through the dome season, honestly, because honestly, another like I've always I've started hearing people, yeah, they go back to Okada and Naito in the dome, and I gotta say. That bores the fuck out of me. Uh, at this point, like they, they their fourth match in the Tokyo Dome, like really, like we're we're squeezing this this that much, and you know I'm probably gonna you know get a text or something like that's their biggest drawing match and all this other stuff. I'm like, maybe that's the problem. Like you know, like like you're just going everything's just circling back to this where it's almost like this thing that that feels old and stale, like. That's why I, th- I think Shingo is a great, fresh uh, addition to to the very tip top here. And quite frankly, I hope he holds that fucker. Yeah, and I mean the main thing when it comes down to it is like how long is he going to be the champion? Is he going to hold it to uh, Tokyo Dome? I don't know, and I quite I, I probably doubt it. But it's time for them to get off their ass and and get somebody elevated. And I don't mean. We push Jay White as a top heel. We push Will Ospreay, and then we turn him heel. We want to push this stop and start shit that we've done with Sonata. Uh, We pick someone that has no business even being at the in that fucking spot, like Evil. Like you have your show, like you have your shows, your yos. uh, you have uh, someone like Great Khan who's new but is charismatic and is, and is over with the people, like that that like that group of like the five of like the people that had been around for five years around the mid card they were hoping to in- inject up the main card slowly. You fuck that. It's it's over for Sonata and Evil. Move on. <laughs> like yeah, I I don't ever want to see either of them, especially Evil. Like, Evil's Evil's just. <sighs> 
like I, I'm I'm done with that. Like it, but the main thing is like you have a champion that is that's that's not invincible. He's not some killer. Like he should be able to have compelling matches with and mix it up with the guys and with some of the guys at the top of the card until it's time or whatever else. Like I think Abushi is going to get the belt back eventually because uh, it made no sense for him to lose it that quick anyway. And then like with the Osprey thing, who knows what was supposed to happen with that? But like if he comes back or whatever else, like those that's kind of the mix. Like it really relies on them to get creative and like make somebody that's you know has been around for four years already. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a Jeff Cobb, but who knows? It depends on if Will comes back or not. Probably. Yeah, man. Um, but that's all I got on that. Yeah. So Jeff, just to che- I would suggest checking out Jeff Cobb versus Abushi. Great match. Um, just <laughs> uh, they they did a lot of crazy stuff around countering in and out in hitting each other with uh, Kamagoyes. Just just really good match. You know, I already know who won based off of who came out at the end of the night, but. Um, yeah. I would say that I ended up giving it four and a half. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Um, so we also checked out uh, Cyber Fight Festival. Um, for those of you who don't know, that's Pro Wrestling Noah, that's DDT, and Tokyo Joshi Pro all um, under the Cyber Fight banner, which is um, basically to in, in uh, Japan, there's two labels. <laughs> like, there's. <laughs> There's Bushiro and there's Cyberfight. Yeah. Right? Cyberfight owns these three promotions while uh New Japan owns two of them. Well Bushiro owns Stardom in, in New Japan, yeah. Yeah. So um, you know they did a uh three promotion show and it was awesome, has great reviews on Cage Match, uh it's like a show of the year contender. It's like nine point one zero on there. Um it was a very long show. It was uh, built up like there was some good stuff early, but there was some you know stuff that was goofy and um, you know there was some some you know undercard Joshi stuff that was cool, um, but pretty much I want to focus on the block um, between the six man tag and the Princess of Princess title match. Um, you know I, I can talk about you know the two title matches as well, but uh, James didn't see those, but uh, yeah, so we had a six. Uh, he didn't see this one either, but it was a six-man match. Uh, it was Momo uh, no Shishun tag. So that's Atsushi Kotoge and Daisuke Harada. Uh, and, and Jaime O'Hara, they defeated Stinger. Uh, oh, nope. Wrong one. Let's see. <laughs> okay, it was Damnation. It was Damnation versus the 37 Kamina. So Daisuke Sasaki, Soma Takao, and Tetsuya Endo, who's a personal favorite of mine, defeated Mao, Shun, Katsuwapata, <laughs> and Chris Books. That is that was a difficult one right there. Um, when Endo was faced off with Mao, that's what you pretty much want to come to this match for. RLPW, Tessia Endo is like on that Finn Balor class of like, I've never even looked at a carb. Um, <laughs> Chris Brooks was uh, awesome in the match, but uh, really tight, fast work there. Uh, but this, let's get to this 12-man tag team match. It was essentially Noah versus DDT. Um, it had a little bit of everything in it. It had lots of the hard kicking. It had comedy. It had great wrestling you know it was just uh it, it had two different philosophies yes um and 
I'm pretty sure um, if you heard me talk about DDT and their ass to mouth wrestling, you kind of know what side I was rocking with. Um, it was quite obvious. I keep in mind, like I know a hand, like if I know any of the three promotions, I know Tokyo Joshi Pro because of my me trying to run through or me trying to run through what me trying to learn as much about Joshi over the last two years as I uh, two and a half years as I possibly could. So like I'm familiar with me, me, Yamashita and Yuka Sakazaki as AEW and Maki Ito, another person that's in AEW and, um, a lot of the roster, uh, Shoko Nakajima also did a couple matches in, um, AEW as well. Um, so for me, that's what I was most interested in, but like, there are a few people I've heard of, and you know, you know, the reputation, like, you know, Tessia Endo, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, you know, uh, Kanasuke, uh, Takeshita, Takeshita, like, I, I've heard that I've, he's done AEW as well, but I, you know, you see his Crage match, you hear people talk about him, like, he might be, like, the best young person in DDT ever, um, so, I was, um, it should, so when I see the list of certain people, I'm like, okay, so I know where this person is from, um, and I know some of the goofy things they do, but I've never seen much Noah. So Zach said to me, give me a list of stuff to, to check out. Um, so he mentioned this match and he said that I would like Kino or Kino. I don't know. Yeah, it's Kino, Kino. Or Kino. Kino. So I'm watching the match and Kino and, and the rest of the Noah guys, they all come down, all six of them, and they're all in red, they're red and black, um, and they all look like athletes and they all, you know, flex and pose. You know, they look like they look like they're getting ready for a football game. And I was like, okay, I respect it. And then out out plays the DDT gangs music. They come out and they all look like backyarders. <laughs> Have you? Ever, I've never heard of backyard Japanese dress, but they all look like backyarders. Half of them got t-shirts, so no shade if you do. If you can work, you can work. I don't care. But none of them look all that athletically like like there's some you know superb athletes. Uh, they come down to the ring and they got gimmicks, and one has a bicycle. And it yes, made me think he's of got a bicycle. And it made me think of a uh, hyper myself from Tokyo Joshi Pro with her fake or her like. Uh, she's basically like has this gimmick where she's almost like Hurricane. She thinks she's a superhero, superhero, um, out of comic book. And she, you know, she she has a almost like the Batmobile. I forgot what she calls it, but it's a it's a it's a it's a bicycle that's trumped up with with shit on, just like this uh, in this match. Anyway, they got they got like wings, like they can fly. There's an iron fist with it oversized, looks like a Hulk fist that kid that you that you buy for like a kid's toy except it's it's uh, it's the shape of metal. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Look at these goofballs. And pretty much the match starts, and it <laughs> like uh, Kasuhiku Nakajima just beats the shit out of one of this old guy. And the way he's beating this old guy makes me think of like the Yuji Nagata and. I, th- I think that was Sanshiro Takagi, who's the Booker. Okay, <laughs> I, I think. Well, anyway, it reminded me of like the beating that Yuji Nagata took against Minoru Suzuki last year. Like the way he was selling is like he just getting slapped to death, and he's just like selling, not selling, just falling on in a in a just a a like a sack of bricks at times from the from the beating he's taken, and they just whooping his ass. And then like it's almost I don't even think there were tags in this match. I don't even remember or if there were tags. Half the time people got in with no tags, so I just consider a no tag match like his Lucha rules. 
and it's just crazy stuff going on. And, but the main thing is like the homie Kino does not Was fuck with furious. any of the, does not fuck with any of this DDT shit at all. Which is Bro. like he's you, no selling. You see the look on his face. Yes, and he's no it was, selling. It was amazing, and he's no selling all of their bullshit. Like, there's a spot where Buddy gets the gets the wings on the du- the dude, the old dude gets the wings on. All and gets on the top turnbuckle and goes to jump off with with the uh, fist. The homie Kino ducks that shit, beats the shit out of him, grabs the, the the iron fist and throws that shit into the stands. And I was like, I want to stand in applause. I said I was in a room by myself. I was in my bedroom by myself, so I didn't do it. <laughs> so, that's, so that's how much I fucking loved it. Um, they they did a spot because they have the uh, the horizontal ramp Bro, that he, goes. He he had this look like you were dis- disrespecting Masawa's ring. Yeah. Like you will not like you will not disrespect this sport. Like it just the look on his face the whole time just just furious. Yes. Dejected. It was like imagine if Walter had to wrestle these fucking clowns. Like Imperium Walter, I know Walter is with the goof is with the goofy shit as well. But if you do the the ring conf Imperium Walter gimmick. He comes out and he sees these clowns acting like this. It's the same face of like, what has become of this great sport? Where are the real men? <laughs> like, like, yes. So he has would spot. ask, what the fuck is that? Like- yes. So there's a spot where they get they uh the DDT gang gets an advantage and they decide, well let's 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 crash the bicycle into him so they get on the vertical ramp go all the way up the ramp to, uh towards the uh entrance and then ride towards um kino kino just he he, he just moves like i'll move like the like the joke about harley race i'll move like what's your finish kid is it oh it's a, it's a it's some type of splash top rope all right i'll move like he just sidesteps out the way beats up like three motherfuckers Gets on, beats up the bike, rips the, rips all the, like the the goofy stuff that's all on the bike off. Takes the bike all the way down, rides the bike, and then runs over the fucker to try to run him over. And then, and then, all of the deep, all of the Noah gang gets in a circle, and they, Rich, have you ever seen the movie Office Space? I know what you're talking about. Uh, I've never seen the movie, okay. but when you're talking about Office Space, there's yes. only one thing you're going to talk about. Yes. So, Office Space is about these guys. I'm, I'm sure most of you have seen Office Space, but long story short, Office Space is about these guys that are sick of their office job, and one of them eventually comes up with what I did to um, steal fractions of pennies from his job and have them deposited into this multi-million dollar uh, company, and then over time, it will make him money and he's embezzling from his company but he quits and as he quits because this this is just a monotonous routine life you know monotonous of my life gets old like camp like camp used to say yes they will always have issues with this one copying machine they would always fuck up and it always be paper jams the day this dude quits all his friends quit too and he says hey follow me to the to the uh to the quarry what for i got a present for y'all he throws it he throws the fucking uh, he stole the copying machine, threw it in the quarry, and these three in a circle of three stomped the dog shit out this fucking <laughs> machine. <laughs> they were and, punching in the machine. At one point, because the dude hated the dude that hated it the most, like starts beating it with a baseball bat. Beat that bitch with a bat, right? And then throws gets rid of the of the baseball bat because that is just in the way. You are that is less that is less efficient than using my bare hands to beat up this. Fucking copy machine. This big they plastic stomp, thing. They stomped the dog shit out this bicycle. 
man. Yes, yeah, they, they hate all the same shit that I hate. Fuck that spot. Run that run that nigga over with uh, with the shit you try to kill him with. Kill him, and then they just beat they just beat up this uh, bicycle and then throw it over the side. Right. Match continues. There's a guy uh, named uh, Kamagu- not Kamaguchi Sakaguchi. That's that's on the Team DDT side. He's the only. He's out of them six Bro, dudes from DDT. Shit out he's of the only one that I fucked with. He reminds me so much of Alistair Black without flipping with the tattoos, with the with the black kick, uh, with the black kick pass. He had no boots on, but just a killer striker. Um, takes a lot of punishment. Um, really crisp, just crisp. Just I, I love this. I, I'm I'm going to check him out in the future. The three people I'm going to check out that I've said to check out in the future would be Kinu, of course, um, Sakaguchi, and also. Um, Nakajima, like those three were the were the three standouts in the entire they're, they're match. There were levels above everybody else. I'm not saying someone. whether or not I know how if anybody else is good or not, but they clearly stood out among the among the other twelve, among the other uh, nine. Actually, there was, I don't know if he was one of the people that was. They were basically exchanging, uh, you know, penalty kicks. Yes, I, I don't remember if that was him or not. Okay, yes, yes, that was um. Yeah, so that was Nakajima and Sakaguchi that were exchanging okay, them heavy kicks. For, you know, yeah. yeah, those two were awesome together. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and then at the end, DC ends up getting a win because yes. Yoshihiko uh, p- pops up and uh, yeah. chokes out Kino with yeah. uh, the assistance of Sakaguchi. Sakaguchi uh, had Yoshihiko. Sakaguchi, okay. Yoshi, for those yep. that I know, Yoshihiko is the blow-up doll that's in that Kota Ibushi match that everyone talks about destroyed wrestling, even though we're still fucking here uh, on them years yeah. ago. He is yeah. a running... Uh, that blow-up doll is a running gimmick in DDT Wrestling. It's a part of why I talk about the Asimov Wrestling. Now, I've, not to say that I do not think they, the Yoshihiko stuff... Yoshihiko stuff has not been good at times. It's just that, like, that if, if you're into that kind of stuff... Good for you. Fine. I can only take it in small doses. I cannot take the whole thing. Pause. So, <laughs> so I didn't realize I was saying that. So for Move me, on. so for me, um, like whatever. Like they they choked out the homie um Sak- or not Sakuri, the homie uh I think it's Akito. You know, Akito. is like a small flyer. He looked good, but they didn't really showcase him. It wasn't about him. But he ended up getting caught and choked out. And at the same time, uh, Yoshihiko, with the help from Sakaguchi, uh, was choking out Kino, and Kuno couldn't make the save, so he he passed out before he could break up break up the submission. So Kino, he he's furious. He wakes up. He's furious. He storms off. Like I think he threw over railing on the way out. And I was just like, I love this man. Even like they protected him. He was a, he was a star of the whole fucking match. He's awesome in the match. He hated all the same bullshit that I hate in pro wrestling. It's just, just he he's he has skyrocketed up the James Boyd rankings. He was really skyrocketed. Like I'm going to do like a top hundred poll of my hundred favorite wrestlers uh in a, at any given point in the year. And like <laughs> if today we did this, like he might be in the top thirty five. And I've only seen Russell one time. That's how much I appreciate him not being with down with the DDT bullshit. That's funny. Um, but, yeah, up next, we had a tag team match, and this was the match that I wanted to see the most uh, going into the show. Kanosuke uh, Takesha and Yuki uh, Ueno versus Kaito Kimiya and Yoshiki Inomura from Noah. And my fucking God, this was great. 
Um, I immediately want to see a Takesha Kaiser Key and Mia singles match. Yeah, I don't know what has to happen to to, uh, to get it, but uh, somebody needs to uh, figure it out. I thought uh, Yuki Yuino was awesome in this. Uh, this was just like like it was uh, supreme technical precision, big moves, athleticism, and you start looking at these guys. Kaito Kimiya is 24. He's apparently in some storyline where it's like Kaito Kimiya must uh, Kimiya must suffer. Like they're basically beating him all the way down, kind of like you would think they're doing with Hangman, but Hangman <laughs> got a wing last time. But um, they're beating him all the way down. And they're going to bring him all the way back up eventually. But um, Takesha is a guy from uh, came over to AEW, and I was sold on him when I saw him there. And he didn't even do like a like a like a. Um, he didn't do. He didn't go crazy. Okay, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't go crazy. He didn't do like a main event style match uh, in AEW. But I, you could Makes see sense. all the ability that he had there, yeah. right? And then there's there stapling him to Kenny so you know he's like like they want to do something or whatever but um here is just like I see I, I see why the the critical acclaim is is you know followed him and uh at this early age I watched his match you know I may have mentioned on the show him and Tessie Endo for 2019 incredible like if you've never seen him he's like the 6'2 Japanese guy looks even bigger um, for, yeah, that, for, and that's the thing. For some like, strange reason. Yeah, like I don't know if you if you saw me, but uh, um, while I was watching the match, just looking at you know looking at the twelve man, <clears throat> seeing how small the say how much there was in the room, and then seeing how how big Takeshi looked in the ring, I was like, hey, how big is he? Because like if this is a New Japan size ring, and, like Takeshi got to be like six six. Then you tell me he's six foot two. And I'm like, okay, this is a small ass ring. This is like some fourteen by fourteen type shit. Like. Yeah. <laughs> or 16 by 16 because that ring looked like he looked gigantic in that ring yeah um, there was just a, a part in this match where it was good and then all of a sudden you look up and it's like oh the level has gone way the fuck up oh um, would, would you mean when like he or me was in the ring like this match may well yeah. has this match may well has been a, a, a um <laughs> A two on one handicap match and Kia Mills by himself. Um, no, no shade to the um, Inamora dude. Like he looks like he's pretty good, but he seems like a pretty. Uh, from what I saw, he seemed like a power wrestler that wasn't really in his element for what all the th- stuff the other three were trying to get accomplished in that match. Not to say there was a Styles clash. I, I get this match four and three quarters. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I've only given like six matches or, or seven matches of rating that high this year so far. So I, I thought this match was awesome. But the, the it was at its best when Kiyomi was in the ring, and um, it like the the Takeshita and uh, Ueno pairing felt like I was watching like I don't know. It felt like it felt almost like I was watching like Okada and Robbie Eagles together, <laughs> or maybe yeah, like- or maybe or maybe even Yo. But it was it was just. And and that's a crazy thing because like Kiyomiya looks a lot like, uh, or as far as the hair and and the paleness, like he he reminded me lot of um of Yo except he had way better gear. He had incredible gear. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he like he he you know obviously the size and and what in his age or whatever else, but like that that dude looks can't miss for uh, for Noah. Um, now watch him fuck around. I never see him again, but. Um, yeah, yeah, like I was just really impressed by all three of those guys, uh, or or three, or actually, you know, 
four of them were good, but like I was very impressed by three by the three guys we, we were talking the most about in that match. And I, you know, I'm interested to see what all of them do. Yeah, Kyle Mia is 24 years of age. He's been wrestling for five years. Um, <laughs> like, and he's he's a boss. Hey, and, hey, Rich. Uh, yeah. Besides Matt Riddle, what five what five year like American wrestlers wrestling like that that we that we've seen recently? Man, um, I'm sure there's some of them. There does not mean I'm sure mind. there's somebody, um, but they're probably in their formative stages and they haven't like got that far. Yet. Yeah, like you're not being allowed to wrestle on a show this big with four thousand people when you know a show of the year thing and you're what four from the top or something like in a fifteen match card or third from the top. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I they just kind of ended up here by circumstance because they weren't in the title matches. But these yeah. are top guys in their promotion. Yeah, this was a top uh, match. That, this was the number one match on the card that was in the title match. Yeah, or the highest, um, the highest sliding uh, match. So um, after that, we had the Princess of Princess title match, Miyu Yamashita against Yuka Sakazaki. Uh, I think Yuka Sakazaki wrestled this match like you see this outfit ain't nothing about me soft like <laughs> that's, that's what I like she, you know you can come out here me Yamashita you look like you smile less than 20 times in your life it doesn't matter I'm gonna fight you back like um, but yeah this was a war like just, this this was the best performances I've ever seen from well I've seen a lot. Of, I've seen a lot more Miyu Yamashita than than um, than Yuka. Like no but, sloppiness. But just... what I will say, what I will say is this: this is the best match in Tokyo Joshi Pro history. If, depending on how you want to feel about it, whether it's technically a Tokyo Joshi Pro match, it was a, it was a title match for Tokyo Joshi Pro. It was a Tokyo Joshi Pro match. This is the best Tokyo Joshi Pro match I've ever seen. It's the best one I, of all the ones I've seen that have been ranked high on the thing. Like the top is like four and a quarter. This is a full on four and a half star. Match that I'm sure a lot of people would think of giving uh four and three quarters. I wouldn't go to Havard to give it four and a half flat, but like this was easily this is an easy four and a half. And like that match that you could have with uh Mizuki uh towards the end of last year, that this match smokes it. And I was super happy because their uh January 4 match from last year, um, I was disappointed. Like it was like a four star match, but I expected better of them seeing what I've seen them do with other people like Mago Satamore or or Yuka, you know, elsewhere. And to see like they finally got that vindication on their biggest stage and had their best match in the company's history, I was promotion history, I was super happy for them. Um and is and like what I saw to Yuka was like she really Dollar, she really brought theory. out the aggression and she was that's really like, like like it wasn't cute. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, with her style, like, because of how she looks, you know, you think that she's soft. She's never been soft, but this is the most aggressive I've ever seen her in a match before. But so it was really entertaining to see her just, like, going to murder Yuka Mo, which I didn't know existed, but she beat the living shit out of uh, um, <laughs> Miyu, and Miyu was working underneath fight. And it's not something you really see out of Miyu, unless she's, like, wrestling, like, Mako Satomura. Unless she wrestles someone that can kick her ass, it is also a well-known ass kicker. She normally wrestles from on top. Um, in a lot of her match, she's really good at it. This is the first time I ever seen her do this, and for most of a match, and it like worked to this degree. Love the match. Um, Love creativity. You, just, you cross each other up a million times. You know that they've wrestled because they've wrestled each other a million times before, right? Um, and it was a battle for the aces, and you came on top um, again. Um, you know, Yuka got her. Uh, got her. 
got her big win last year, and it's like you'll see how this goes from year to year because when they're fighting over the princess, princess of princess belt um, from year to year. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, to see kind of like where they go and who else they get in the mix. As an undercard, I saw a couple, um, you know, other wrestlers from Tokyo Joshi Pro, and it was like, um, you know, it's good. anytime you have a great match, it's like, all right, what you do with these people, yeah. you know, after that. So, well, um, it, it was top- interesting. Well, it was interesting to see what was in the um, who was there, like cornering people, because like mm-hmm. it was like those two are in the ring. They're the two soft stars in the company, in the promotion, and then like the next four were <laughs> all at ringside, like between Maki Ito and Shoko and um, <clears throat> oh, I'm blanking her name right now. Oh, Mizuki, and then um, I forgot the other girl's name, but like those are like the best, you know, like Mizuki's Mizuki's raw. She's not as good as uh Miu and, and Yuka, but she's also but she's very good. Like she could be in. She could be in the upper upper echelon of stardom. Like she's that kind of good. Um But yeah, like it, it I would love to see um Oh, Rika Tatsumi wasn't there that I didn't I don't think, but like outside of that, like pretty much all the big stars uh were, were there cornering uh for that match. So that was cool to see. Yeah, and then the uh, two title matches, Jun Akiyama defeats um Hiroshima by referee's decision with the um uh the damn the, uh, the, the, the fucking guillotine uh, kind of a classic style uh, heavyweight championship match so they didn't do like a whole lot of crazy moves or anything it was just solid technical wrestling I would say throughout it uh, I'd probably say about, probably about four stars I'd say uh, Uncle June does not lose in the month of June uh, I don't know who you think was thinking you was about to try Hiroshima but um, he remains on top and uh Grandpa Muto actually broke out a moonsault. Um, I thought he was done doing the moonsaults. And when he hit, you knew them knees wanted to explode. Uh, he dropped the title uh, to Naomichi Marafuji. So yeah. instead of olds on top, it's just a little, you know, not as old on top. So Marafuji, like, gets the belt back. And, um, you know, if there's somebody to put over Kaisaki and Mia in the future, maybe it's Marafuji. Um but yeah, yeah, this was this was as good as about as good as you could think, I would say for uh, someone that wrestled Muto. in the eighties. Yeah, Muto <laughs> at this point he's like fifty eight. Like, bro, like, like for being fifty eight, like, and you're giving us a match that has like a seven point two eight rating. Like, I I guess you can live with that. Like, it's not a disaster. Is is it like your match of the year candidate or something? No, no. but like. Casey Muso is gonna do that at this age. Right. Like, it's right. not bad. Also, Rich, think about it like this, right? In the last two weeks, Muto and Sting <laughs> run it back. Open the door. <laughs> Open the door. I can't make, believe. Make the call. I make thought, the call, Tony. <laughs> I thought. Remember that's oh, remember he was one of those judges during the um during yes. the title match. But Muto's part of AEW lore already. Yeah, but what I was gonna say is like I can't believe that Muto and Sting are still out here doing this shit at a high level. <laughs> what? Did not have that on my board. No, this year I did not. <laughs> Just amazing. But um. 
yeah, if you guys uh, want to check out that show, it's on uh, the DC Universe, um, whatever the hell they call their subscriptions. There is, I have it. Um, I think it's I would DC check Universe. the show out. Yeah, um, like I said, you can just let it let it play while you're you know those of you that work at home, throw it on in the background and then you know just look up from time to time and then by the time you're in the middle of the show you're going to be starting to see some yeah. good stuff so i'm sorry it's russell universe that's what it's called sorry russell universe okay yeah. yeah um but yeah man um that that'll take us into the uh news of last week the wwe <laughs> that'll, that'll, that'll take us into the to the american portion of our programming <laughs> the bullshit right <laughs> uh, yeah so um, I guess we got to start with the WWE releases from last uh, Wednesday. Um, so from believe the six, the six were Braun Strowman, Alistair Black. Um, oh, I'm blanking on her Lana. name. Uh, Mercedes, not Mercedes, Santana Garrett. Um, I had to list up a second. Lana, down. Lana Murphy and Ruby Riot. Right, 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 right. Yeah, man, like. Has there been a release more shocking than Braun Strowman in like since we've watched uh that we or that we didn't see coming, not someone that wanted out and then they got out, like it was unannounced. That it was unexpected. Like Is this the most like and, shocking and it, it unannounced? Didn't have to, Go ahead. And it didn't have to do with no like problematic shit that we know of and like yeah. there was no reason for that man to just be dumped. Right. I would think so. Yeah. Um Like from what I was hearing is like they think he's a big guy that's two years past his peak. They've got other giants on the roster now, like almost like Shanky, and I I would advise them like you know it seems like this thing was uh you know I think I heard Joe Lance describe it as like yo this is what happens like in football like they're they're trying to shave salary for like a cheaper like they're trying to get relatively what they see as the same value for a lot cheaper and it really gives like, you know, like the philosophy of them hoarding all the talent. It seems like it's changing now. Like the, like they're releasing people like, and not caring. So maybe it really is budget cuts because we've long said that this is not a real, this is not a practice that is a fair to the wrestlers, fair to the fans, or like, you know, it's just something they do just it. And it, and we've, call them out for taking people off the board for years and years at this point. Yeah. And it seems like it's going the other way with this stuff now. And whether it's gearing up for a sale or Nick Khan just coming in there and being like, um, so you say you're not in the wrestling business. Let's act like it. So <laughs> like, and let, let's tighten up some of this payroll. Like, and, <coughs> um, Strowman's absolute shock because you would think, <laughs> Braun Strowman is what that fucking building in Orlando was made for. Um, you, a guy that walks in there, tried hard, sucked, got better, all through through pure you know want to. And you know I've had my run-ins with Braun Strowman online, but like I said, I've never like really judged him or anything for it. But um, I think he's, uh, I think he was one of the best guys of the One Nation Radio era in WWE. Um, he's one of the most over definitely hell yeah like there was absolutely a window we've uh all through in this archive of yep. one nation radio we have documented how over this man was how much they blew it with him when they blew it 
we can literally probably, you know, if we had like some type of producer assistant be like, pull up the Braun Strowman audio files and then put that shit out as its own podcast. And then it would just be fascinating to, to hear like the, the roller coaster, um, you know, that's has to do with his career. And he was just in its title match last month. And, and Matt, yeah, him and him and Drew McIntyre had a, him, Drew McIntyre last year had a great title match. That was mostly yeah, built man. around Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre throwing each other around. Yeah, man. Um, he was in a WrestleMania they, match with, with Shane McMahon at last WrestleMania just months ago. Two months ago. He, he, he Thanks. was the victim Fuck of off. He, he was the victim of them only wanting Roman Reigns to be over as the top hero in the promotion. Um they saw that shit getting over and knew they had to cut it off. Just absolutely comedic booking from No Mercy 2017 to uh WrestleMania 34, where he loses to Brock Lesnar. He gets put in the, the triple threat so Kane can take the pin and essentially banned from the Royal Rumble. They add an extra man in the elimination chamber, have Braun Strowman defeat every single person in there just so he can bow down before Roman Reigns like the West Side connection, and then he's teaming with a child. Like I can't think of like, you know, you always hear Vince like saying what WCW did with Big Show, right? This is this is worse, like absolutely worse. <laughs> Remember what happened um from Survivor Series 2018 into uh WrestleMania 35? You remember what happened? <sighs> I, I'm sure you can take me through. Oh, also, I'm not done with, oh, with okay, the Strowman right, shit. So, right. like, then, like, he gets the whole thing of being Roman Reigns' condom, like, with the money in the bank briefcase. <laughs> like, because it, it, it extends even more because, like, Brock and Roman, like, just keeps going. And it's like, they use him to, like, shield that whole title change, literally. And just, like, the one guy that, that you could always point to, I think, if you're a Roman Reigns fan, and be like, Hey, that's a guy that Roman Reigns helped get over. He's not even there anymore. Right. And I'm sure most of them are happy about it, which is fucking Mind crazy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, do you ever hear do you ever yeah. hear like Rick Flair fans talk about like how much they hate Sting? No, because he made Sting. He made Lex Luger. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no, that's not how it works. You want those dudes to succeed to show like, look at the greatness, look at what this dude has breathed life into. The number one person on Roman Reigns' thing for this is Braun Strowman. You can make an argument that like there's not a strong case for anybody else. Do you want to say? Uh, um, do you want to say Buddy Murphy, who he had one match with, and then like he didn't do, and then he became a, a disciple, and then he wanted to date that 19 year old, and he's 30 something. No, fuck yeah. off. So like, I don't, I'm not trying to make this thing about Roman, but it's like this was so stupid. It was. It, it's shocking. If you like, think it's, you, it, if you it's, think it's a, it's as, literally the demonstration of their bad performance center, their bad booking, and their bad star making. Uh, it, it's literally all three, three levels of it. I, okay, so they think that they can make another Braun Strowman while forgetting that how, has to be it while forgetting what they invested into Braun Strowman to get him off the ground. They put him in an overact like the Wyatt family. He stunk that bitch up for months and months and months. It was at one point we were like, is he one of the five worst wrestlers in the history of major American wrestling? And we were like, 
No, but top ten probably. He was that bad. He was awful. He was a giant that was told. He was a giant monster told to never leave your feet, and it was constantly falling all over himself all the time. Um, to go from that to those Roman Reigns matches to uh, some of the stuff he did with Kevin Owens to some of the stuff he did with Drew McIntyre of late, like he's absolutely one of the big success stories of the PC. Out like that is of that's not a woman. Is anyone else? Until he was look, until he wasn't. Like <laughs> but, but the thing is, even though they screwed him up, like you look you can go and look through Brandon Thurston's and, and uh, Russell Nomics stuff as far as like Google search data. He's still one of the Timos over acts in the company. So for you to say that so, so for them to over the last like couple years, so for them to come to the conclusion that like we can make another Braun Strowman is like obviously fucking not. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know how Vince like gives the green light. Like yeah, we can we can get rid of him after looking at the kind of shape that man's in now uh, compared to when he first showed up. And like I don't get it. Like I'm lost. I'm I, I wouldn't consider myself like this huge Braun Strowman fan or anything. But like you can you can right. just take a look at at the, at the fucking uh, take a look at the resident take a look at the future potential. Take I know look his knees ain't that damn bad. Like I don't. <laughs> We talk about this all the time. I don't get it. We can we can dislike somebody, and we talk about it often with people like Cody and Bray Wyatt. If they're if the crowd's going nuts, our opinions on this person, as far as their quality of the, of the what they do on TV, starts mattering to us less and less. There's been times we were like we go back to was that um, but that be uh, SummerSlam when he debuted again uh, when Bron- or when Bray debuted with the with the with the murder clown thing against uh, against Finn Balor was that 2019 yeah. SummerSlam when that went out we were like hey they, they got them something right that's that what we said we got they got themselves something when Braun Strowman blew up they got themselves something like every single like we are not beholden to our opinion as far as saying like we don't like this person or we don't like what they do when, when their time on our television and. And regardless of whether or not they're over or not, if they're over, our opinions matter less and less. And he got over. So, like, I I, I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. It, it makes no sense to me. Um, I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know what his prospects are in, for wrestling outside of WWE. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't know. I don't yeah. even know if he want to do anything outside of WWE. You know, he stuck his foot in his mouth with his. Oh, yeah. That's about indie wrestlers. And that's not going to go over well. I'm imagining a lot of circles. I could easily see him laying low for a couple months and them trying to bring him back in at a lower number. Um, I think if you're Tony Khan, you have to make the call and see, you know, see about it and be like, hey, can you take the F10? Like, that's, <laughs> that's what you do. But, um, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, like, one of the premier big men of this time just dumped aside like common trash. I don't, I'll, I'll never understand this. Yeah. Um, so I guess we move on to Alistair Black now. Alistair Black. My God. <laughs> Alistair Black, former NXT champion. Um, I saw someone make a tweet saying about how many people, there have been more people that were former NXT champions that were cut than actually became WWE or top champion on either brand. And then someone's response Amazing. was, and someone's response was, <laughs> well, yes. clearly, clearly that's NXT's problem. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. 
With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And I'm like, you fucking idiot. Okay. Um, so NXT figured out that Seth Rollins should be the first NXT champion. And then yep. he becomes a WWE Hall of Famer. Then Big E becomes the second NXT champion. And then becomes a WWE Hall of Famer, future WWE Hall of Famer. Probably in the probably one of the what at worst the second greatest faction homegrown WWE faction ever. Anyway. Yeah. Then they do Bo Dallas the joke to transition to TV with Neville. They have Neville. Neville becomes a cruiserweight champion. He's five foot seven or something shit like that. Regardless of how good of a worker he is, regardless of the talker he became, it wasn't gonna work out there because it's Vincent Man's um, wrestling circus, and you must be this tall to play. Um, then you get Sami Zayn, and Sami Zayn has all the characteristics and traits of somebody. Um, that should make it at a certain level in WWE. And eventually he got there after he bitched and moaned and whined and Vince got tired of holding that dude under his thumb. He finally got there this year, six fucking years later. And there's injuries involved with that, but you already know what it is. Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, the first ballot WWE Hall of Famer. <laughs> um, even though they've, they, you know, they've done goofy, they've nerfed him to death, right? Um, go from there, Nakamura. Nakamura is going to be one of those, you know, college basketball, or I'm sorry, uh, basketball, you know, international picks. Um, you look at his main roster resume, not nearly as, you know, as good as you wanted to be considering what he was doing in NXT. Bobby Roode, they, they screwed that up. Not, er, Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe, just too old, didn't work out, but incredible promo for his time in the company. You go to Drew McIntyre, Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode's in a solid tag team right now. A solid guy to have in the roster. It didn't work out to that extent. It was a weird period in uh, NXT at the time. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is a first ballot WWE Hall of Famer now. After two years on the main roster or whatever. Once they finally gave him a push, like it's, it's a wrap. He's like, he is one of the two people that, on the main roster that get should get any MVP consideration from a, um, a overall wrestling award standpoint. Him or Roman Reigns. Like, that's been the case for the last two years now. Um... So then you transition around and you go to uh, Andrade. Andrade's gone now. Um, Andrade was did all, had all that great work wrestling with the top guys in SmackDown, and they never decided to do anything with him. Unfortunate, because if you don't talk English perfectly, they, they won't fuck with you if you're if you're Mexican. And then if you do speak perfectly, she'll still find a way to fuck it up like they do with, how to do with Garza. So um, then we end up getting to Aleister Black. Aleister Black was one of the best babyface champions in NXT history. Um, had great matches from anywhere from Gargano to Adam Cole to um, Andrade to Velveteen Dream. The green Velveteen Dream. Um, that dude is one of the best wrestling in-ring talents in the world. Striker, grappler, flyer, submission specialist. He can do it all. They never found a place for him. His best spot he ever had was when he first came in with, with Ricochet as the tag team. And then they kept him undefeated. They didn't win at WrestleMania. They shit them off to different spots. And then they fucked up both of them. 
in different ways. Um, boy, sad shit. Um, they're part of the most talented uh, NXT has ever been, and they're in. Look what they're doing now. One's on. One is, you know, is tweeting through the pain <laughs> right now while he's on man, man. and then the other bro. one, and the other one is they now. Yeah, um, Trinidad got to change her Twitch password, bro. Like just every day, like Alzer Black, just an hour at a time, just like talking about how much, like all his ideas that he had that they mm-hmm. loved that they could just never find a spot for, but they loved him. But but they fired your ass. Like okay, so I'm not gonna. Uh, this, this is the thing for me. I don't know how much you 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 peeped of Alistair Black's um personality or his uh viewpoint or outlook on life. He's a very positive dude. Not saying that he's positive enough to believe all the stuff he's saying, but I don't think he's a person that harps on um negativity much. So like the fact that he's not like just lambasting WWE and or some bitter person or using it for you know to get himself hype like going to the future of his career I'm not surprised he's not like he's he's not doing that um so I, I'm not so like that's kind of in his temperament to not really get hung up on all that kind of stuff and as far as the you know saying nice things about the company he worked there for years like I mean I don't think given I think that a lot of people have this thing into where they think that like people's creativity is stifled and then like they turn into John Moxley. I think people get creatively stifled and then keep coming up with ideas and if they and you know, they keep coming up, they keep basically like turning cheek, keep turning cheek because they don't hold it personally. And I don't th- I think it's only people that like left this, it worked, it didn't work out. And he's like, you know what? They listen to my ideas. They, they, you know, it just, it, none of it went through, but you know, whatever. I, I made more money doing this than I did doing wrestling before. I met my wife here, I think, I believe. So I, I think he's taking it away like that. Um, like, and you know, it was, it was a lot of stuff you heard John Moss say at first before he proceeded to bury them for the, for the next two years. But, you know, if, if he doesn't want to do that or, and that's, I don't think that's really in his nature to do that. So like, I don't really hold it against him. I, I, I know people want like, you know, the super talented guys that get, you know, the thumb, you know, they get fucked over to be like, yeah, I got fucked over. I, it was unjustified. And I'm going to, you know, tell you about my plight. I, I, I guess people just were left disappointed. That didn't happen. And he hopped the fact that he hopped on like so fast to do yeah. that, I'm like, bro, like you're killing your mystique, like you're killing like the, like there were two ways to do this, and I'll use another guy that was released for as an example, fucking Buddy Murphy sends out a tweet with a fucking email address and a countdown clock, like, and then don't you want to see his next move, like, <laughs> like. I don't know, man. I I think Alistair Black, like, and I think Alistair Black, some some of the stuff that he was pitching was absolutely batshit insane. If you know, personally, I didn't didn't listen to much of it. I just only I just only heard the tenor of the conversation where people were like, either saying like, there was one side it seemed that was like, why is it do not bash these people for for leaving them for basically keeping them creatively on the shelf for for a couple years, and then the other side is like, why are you miserable? You know. (laughs) 
anti WWE fans not upset at this person that y'all claim y'all like because you're not bashing the company. So uh, for me, it's just like I I don't care. I don't care, if, I don't, I don't care I, if you bash it or not. Like he he's not there no more. Like if he wants to bash, that's his prerogative. If he doesn't want to bash, that's also his prerogative. Look, because look, he could have like right, <laughs> like like you know, like um, I. It, if they like you so much, could, could you explain the part where they left you in the closet for seven months? Right. Like, what you know, do you have anything on that? Like, you, I, I think the real thing also is like, <sighs> I think he might still be processing, but it's like, they were about to put me in this thing with big E. And then like, right before it happens, like they take me, like, they fire me. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, well, they, you're like, well, they kind of were listening to his ideas. They're about to put us in a big E feud. It ain't happening though. Now, Alistair, Bro, like, like Jim Ross literally laughs at people that say the well, Vince loved me. Right. It was just creative that you know right. it could like Jim Ross makes fun of wrestlers for for saying right. this. Like because think they about have like this. these people brainwashed right. in there still. Well, it's amazing that this is working because they have treated talent so, or they have they have tr- done this weird trick with wrestling and pro wrestling. Uh, where like them hiring you is like them doing charity for you, like as opposed to like your talent, you generate a certain amount of money for them, and then they off the off of what you help bring in for them, they give you a certain percentage, or whatever else. Business they don't. They don't. They don't see it as people they are the business now. They don't. They do not see this as um they are a part. They see it as like they are. Like, they don't see it as, like, they are a four- or five-star recruit. They see it as, like, they are some two-star recruit or whatever else that they're so lucky that Florida State or Florida sends them mail. It's like, nah, man. Like, look around. Like, you you were getting any, you were getting pretty much any any booking you can, you uh, you wanted if you wanted to, Tommy End. I don't understand why no. this is, you know, no. I'm not saying just specifically him, but I'm saying a lot of these people that are, like, the best of the best of the indie scene, like, they brought you in to try to stop whatever was going on the outside. No, that's not a that's not an opinion. <laughs> that's not an opinion. So like, act like it's it. been said before. Like, some of the biggest marks are the wrestlers themselves. And uh, I look, Kevin Nash wouldn't have been doing no shit like this. Like, <laughs> like what would Kevin Nash do? You know, uh, you know, you think Bret Hart would have been doing this? Hell no. Like I like, but but you gotta remember. Bret Hart grew up in a whole different. Remember his dad. His dad yeah. was a Booker. Grew up in a whole different generation where like the stars actually real, actually look knew they were stars. Now nobody believes they're yeah, actually man. stars. Several people that actually become stars that Vince likes. Like it makes. Yeah, I think you bring uh, up a good point there. It makes me feel like you know I like wrestlers that feel like they believe in themselves. Like and all that stuff. Like Tommy Ann saying now, it's just like, damn, you don't like like I don't know if you believe in yourself like. So it, it's just I'm trying to figure it out. Like, are you trying to make yourself more attractive to somebody else by saying like, or even WWE again? Like, because like I'll tell you something, man. They was bending over to bring. They was bending over backwards to bring Alberto Del Rio back. They brought Jeff Jarrett back. Like, it doesn't matter how you treat them on the way out. <laughs> like, it literally doesn't matter. Well, I mean, like Vince makes a career bringing motherfuckers back, so yeah. it's like, uh, well, Vince is like what seventy five, seventy six now. Like, 
eventually it's, that shit gonna it might get, not be Vince exactly eventually it might not be Vince and, I, and some tells me Triple H will, will not be as um, will not be as res- reticent to bring people back as uh, Vince was just to say that haha I got you in my pocket now pal you dumbass you think you think that you served you think that you served this dude by you cutting checks to him you dumb motherfucker like think how stupid that sounds yeah yeah, yeah I remember you talking shit about me and, and now you work for me yeah G- good job Vince good job yeah, you now subsidize yeah. my hate for you. That that's yeah. a that's a real mind fuck for me. Yes, I, yes, I get this. I get to steal with you. I get to steal from you legally. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, whatever you do, Alistair Black, stop doing Twitch streams, please. Right, so, <laughs> Buddy Murphy. Okay, so I don't have much on Buddy Murphy. Um, su- obviously a super worker. Um. He seems like a person that's going to be an impact or something like that. Um, New Japan is a possibility because obviously that's what that's what the move sets from. <laughs> yeah, no. um, you know you know he can he, come do Undertaker versus Undertaker. I shot some my boy Aaron Ratowski. He can do you know Kenny Omega versus Kenny Omega. You know uh, on in AEW. You know bring in you know Buddy and then you bill him as Kenny Omega. You know and you just do a mirror match. Wow. Um, I mean, where do you do you have any best guesses on or or stops or you or or where would you like to see him instead of doing regular speculation? Where would you like to see him? I would like to see him in Impact. Uh, I think Impact's doing a lot of great things. They the one thing they do need is like superstar workers, and I don't know if he's a superstar, but he's definitely a worker, and that I think can become a superstar in that environment. Did Wesley Blake just go to Impact? Um, Steve Cutler did. Oh, Cutler. Okay, okay, okay. The other. So, so he can go there. He can go to New Japan. Obviously, he can go to AEW because, like, AEW is not slowing down on signing people. I don't know. I don't know why one of the more talented wrestlers. Obviously, and I don't. I don't. I don't know why people think AEW is running out of money or something, but. They they do this like 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 uh, it was like y'all putting beans on toast talking about AEW broke like no like like, um, like do people not realize how yeah. far like a hunt does people not realize how far the Kevin Durant contract stretches bro and there's more now I know since my, they got the second right show. my point is like just off dynamite they have the Kevin Durant contract like what makes you think they can't pay. Like if they're if they're making forty million dollars a year, what makes you think they can't bankroll like this many people? And obviously, a lot of these people like you know aren't all signed. Some of these people are just making just dates. Right. So, um, yeah. Um, then right. there's then there's Lana. Um, we all Lana. For, for, look, look. First first time I ever got like a million views on a column was about Lana. Um, you know, quite friendly because motherfuckers, you know, was thirsty. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, I had the info ready. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't <laughs> want to see her in AW. I like. You mean as a wrestler, or as a valet, or or not, or manager? Really, either. It feels like hustling backwards, putting putting her uh, with with Miro at this point. Think like, so? There them actually being programmed together was a long ass time ago when you think about it that was like 2014 2015 you just feel like Miro's like doing different things like he, he can talk for himself now um, he's already has a belt like it's not like he needs something to get him over like he he's already over so 
Well, uh, I don't want to we... see it. I'm sure he's going to push for it. I'm not looking forward to it. Well, somebody that uh, that we talk to quite often, uh, Floyd, quite awfully, often says that like, what's better, what's better for a wrestler than having a hot woman with him? So, you know, Jim Ross is there. I'm sure he, I'm sure he feels the same way. Oh, I'm sure, man. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll push that through. I'm sure yeah. it's already been in talks to happen. Um, yeah. Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot got options. Um, she can go to NWA. She can go to Impact. She can go to AEW. Um, you don't really get like that kind of age, that kind of experience, um, that kind of uh, road tr- or roads traveled in like that package. Absolutely in, in beloved. Talent. Yep, that absolutely, absolutely beloved in wrestling. Like names as big as The Rock reaching out to her and saying, "Hey, keep your head up," like you know, yeah. shit like that. So, um, yeah. like, yeah, you can kind of tell. You can kind of tell, like me and Yim, Shayna, um, Ruby, Dakota Kai, like that group, that PC group. Beloved, <laughs> beloved. There's, there's, you never hear any bad things about any uh, behind the scenes about any of them four in, in that in that particular group as far as like that little time frame. Candice would be um, involved in that. It would be involved in that too. Like it, it is something about that particular click and the way they kicked it from you know from Shimmer to Shine to Stardom and back. Um, that like they just have a lot of respect and. You look at what you know what they did with Ruby when they put her, they brought her in there and put her with um, with Sarah, with uh, Sarah Rowe, who obviously already had uh, any run, with also with Liv a piece here and what they thought for Liv at times and how she's improved over the years. Um, to respectability, like when she had no business being on TV at the time, and like obviously that comes with being with Ruby, and like I don't think Ruby ever fully got her due, but we kind of knew that was going to happen when she got to the main roster. Um, like it, so we'll see what they do with her. I, I think, um, obviously, like we'll see what they do with or what she wants to do or whatever else. But like, I, I would, I would like to see her somewhere. Um, I would like to see her in AEW. I would like to see her in in Impact. You know, I would like to see her in the NWA, especially if they're doing what they're doing with the NWA belt and they're keeping it, just keeping it to themselves. Um, but yeah, like she, she's going to if she wants to keep wrestling, she will get hired. Yeah. And then Santana Garrett. I mean, it just ain't work. Like. It didn't work out. They didn't even try. Um, I, th- I think a lot of it was we don't want her being signed somewhere and took her off the market and never used her. And um, she'll get dates on the indies like she used Shimmer, Shine, um, maybe NWA, I can see. Maybe Impact, I can see. I don't necessarily yep. know about a- AEW. I think AEW has enough women. Um, I think they have enough women that are that are promising with uh, less experience. So I don't know if you want to even bring that uh, bring that in um, or bring her in. But you know, she's well traveled. She's professional. Yeah, um, she'll get so- work, obviously. Speaking of AEW, so um, new assigning AEW Andrade El Idolo. Um, so 
quick wrap up for the AEW episode. I think it was possibly one of the worst dynamites they've ever done. Hmm. I don't think they tried. Um, <laughs> the first hour start quality from the second, and they pretty much told Dustin, "Hey, save the show in the main event." In uh, they tried, but I think the show was too far gone. The Brit segment was terrible uh, with the burgers and the coupons. I think they're going to go to Nyla and Brit now. Um, at, you know, to spin off. Uh, no hangman uh, sighting. Uh, Bucks had to, you know, do some cheating in the opener to win. Um, lots of interference all over the show. I think it's like starting to, you know, become more noticeable. I would probably try to put a kibosh on that, get some clean finishes in there because when you're needing to do like distractions and red velvet versus the bunny, like why are you protecting feelings this hard? You didn't have a problem with beating people before. Is has there been a change in philosophy? Please let me know. Um, but they brought out uh, Mark Henry, of course. He said something that I'm kind of not happy with. Like they seem to hint at him possibly wrestling at some point. Um, huh. And yes, yes, it, that he's someone got a lot left in the tank, and they somebody dropped weight and all this other stuff. And I'm like, can he do a six man tag with somebody? fine can it be some goofy undercard match fine to be fair they've done nothing but positive things with like older guys like that um in the time that you know they've existed but however when you first hear the idea it's just like i don't i didn't sign up for this um the uh then he, you know, Mark Henry was cut off kind of by Vicky Guerrero. She came out, then introduced Andrade. Andrade came out, spoke English pretty much, you know, as good as he could. And it was like, hey, what happened to, you know, that thing they said that his English wasn't good enough for promos? Oh, that was bullshit. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, maybe his English wasn't good enough for memorizing paragraphs of dialogue, but <laughs> he seems like he speaks the language okay to me. Uh, he said he's going to be the face of AEW. Uh, apparently, he has um, negotiated for some type of creative control in his contract, like li- what they've termed limited creative control. I don't know exactly what that means, but um, I don't know about starting to give that out because once you give that out to one person, then anybody else that's is trying to do contracts, you may run into that whole thing. But Andrade oh, has worry, a thing worry like, about being WCW where it's like, all right, getting lawyers on the phone. I, yep. I had to put them over, bump me up, bump up my pay. Right. Look, right. Or like, and, and I think, and I think Andrade like pretty much was like, Hey, I could just go go to Mexico. Right. And say, fuck y'all. Right. And at that point you got to kind of got to like do like, for the level of wrestler he is, I've always wanted to see Andrade end up in AEW. Um, I think it's worth it. And then, you know, you sell him on the environment, you book him well. And, you know, on the day it, it comes for, you know, to him to face somebody big or have have a plan, you know, have it not just like, hey, you know, like don't, don't do a bullshit ending, but say, hey, how can this be beneficial? Figure it out. There's lots of professionals in the room. Um and you know, just just don't create uh, the a line of bullshit that could happen. Um, Here's my thing: but, right, he became a superstar that drew a Mexico, but not in America. He was the NXT champion, 
like he wrestled for multiple years on the main roster at WWE. I don't think he's a stickler for 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 uh, creative control. If he's if he became a star wrestling in Mexico with all the goofy, crazy, nonsensical finishes they have in their wrestling, <laughs> and fuck fuck finishes all the time. Like I don't think it's as big as deal as I don't think you. Th- I think you're saying you're, there's a potential for this. I'm not cons- I, I'm not really that concerned for the potential to draw it. And all of a sudden, becomes some huge thing with him because like where he came from was like, oh, you want to? Oh, you fuck finish? Okay. Okay, <laughs> just right. shrugs and walks out. I don't care. Like, I just want to wrestle yeah. and have great matches. Like, <laughs> so yeah, and there's there's gonna be lots of great matches for him to have. Yes. Like, uh, Chad texted me with an idea. Like, hey, how about Jungle Boy tries to come of age in a rivalry with El Idolo? Um, oh, he can get how he can get the original uh, Judas Effect then. Yeah, you know. You know, how about Jer- Jericho, Sammy, you know, um, MJF, Kenny, Hangman, and Andrade. Like, that's like a that's a perfect, like, upper mid-card match right there. Like, if it's – good God. Like, <laughs> I'd love that match a lot. Pack and Andrade. Like, mixing Death Triangle and the Elite with uh, Andrade in any type of combination. Uh, you already know what it is. Uh Christian and Andrade. Andrade is um he brings something different since he was in NXT and in WWE for all you know while the rest of these guys were kind of exploding. He's another. Uh, I talked about the tree branches last week. Like he's another branch that I think people can go on because he's a fresh matchup for anybody. He can even yes. fight Cody. Um, I think it'd be a good match. I think they'd have a good match. Like you know, you look at the matches here with um. With Pentagon earlier in the year, like I think, I think that him in um, Andrade, Andrade have a good match with anyone. But you get my point. Like I think that like Cody would, I think Cody would be able to do the trip because you know obviously when he did the AAA thing a couple uh, was that last year or two years ago. Like I think, yeah. I think he enjoys Lucha Libre. I think he enjoys like that element. I think he will. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a challenge for him that would get him invigorated, and then like with Andrade, like he come up with something really cool. And I think. I think I think Cody's at his best behavior in in wrestling match with with people that he knows can go, like someone like a Darby, someone like a Jungle Boy, like some of the people that he that were younger that he wrestled in the um uh, the, the TNT Open Challenges or whatever. So I think that's that's how you get Cody on his best behavior as opposed to some of the nonsense he does. Um, so I, I yeah, put him I think, in there with I, somebody better. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I meant people that like he just realized like I I don't have to do all this to get a match to a certain level. Like I think Cody, for all of the, I think for all of the the bluster and all of the, um, all the bravado, I think that he realizes that like he's only so but so good, and then like that's why he throws all of the and you know he's also his, his dad his dad's son, so he like those crutches, like he goes back to those the the them bag of tricks or whatever else as opposed to like nah man just go out there with Darby and, and just just wrestle really really hard. Um, and the match will get to that certain level. When Andrade said it, forget it. Yeah, um, him and Masu would be a pretty oh interesting God. match. That'd be so they get fun. That'd that. be so fun. Like, obviously, you know, we got the Triple Mania match coming with Andrade and Kenny. That's going to be <laughs> something else. Um, then uh, I'm trying to think who else do they have that might be interesting. Orange Cassidy. Could be. Uh, oh yeah, that'd be fun. If, 
I don't know if Pentagon and, and Andrade have ever crossed paths before. I think I looked it up, and I'm not too sure because, you know, obviously, you know, two different sides of of, yeah. of the other, uh, you know, the Mexican two labels. So um, there wasn't too much um, interaction between CMLL and AAA. We get a uh, Ray Phoenix, you know, and Andrade. <laughs> well, I mean, know, that's the first sweet. match you think of, or at least that's the first match I thought of. Sting and then draw that. Yeah. Hey, hey, bring Rick in. Oh, well, you, Rick can't come yeah. in. He's on the contract. But you get my point. Is like, oh my god, son, it, son in law versus Sting. <laughs> yeah, Rick, son in law oh versus god. Sting. Oh my god. <sighs> but Sammy Guevara and Andrade is pretty much what I want to see at some point. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, like I said, um, the show was nothing to write home about. Um, the, I think the finishes were like problematic in a way. Uh, like it's like yo, like figure figure this shit out. Uh, that Friday night uh, taping schedule is killing them. I think they're doing dark and killing the crowd before they do it. They're doing so many. Um, Are those shows uh, live? Are they before that? So. The shows that have been on Friday so far have been live, Whew. so the crowd like was like dead by like the eleven o'clock hour because they've been sitting out there because they forever. Put dark, they, then, they put out like the dark. They obviously means they put out like the dark and, and dark ele, ele, almost say elevation ele, elevation matches on first, right? Yeah. Oof, that's rough. Yeah. Look, and what's what's happening is dark and elevation are getting the environments. And then you're getting that first hour, and then they're falling off a cliff, like in that right. second hour. Makes so, sense. like, um, yeah. So, like, I I can't wait till the playoffs are over, so AEW can get back to their regular time slot. They did 462 thousand viewers in that 10 to 12 uh, on a Friday with a point 19 in the demo. So, um, they're I think they're learning a lot. Um, I think if I was Tony Khan, I would try to <laughs> like. I don't even know if. Obviously, um, if you can renegotiate that 10 to 11, because I think one thing about the ratings that um, I don't think people are, are taking into account is there will be no 11 to 12 hour. And no matter what you put in that 12 hour, like, you know, uh, you can put, you know, the return of fucking Nick Bockwinkle, like, <laughs> some shit, like, I don't, you know, you know, you know, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin is out there at 11.45, ain't nobody tuning in for that shit, bro, like, if it's Friday night, 11.45, like, people at the club, like, this is a company that draws the youth, so, like, they're, they're, they're out, you know, um, but, uh, I, I think the, the Bull Road match was okay, Comoroto's Still got a lot of factory wrestler in him. I think he's a good prospect. Um, did some no selling. Uh, he did bleed. Dustin was the one not to bleed, which was fucking shocking. Um, in the bull row match, but uh, yeah, but besides that, like I said, uh, Christian Cage and Jungle Boy was a little fun tag team. Um, a go go knocked out Cody and QT pinned Cody, which was kind of fucking hilarious. I'm sorry, what? Um, I, okay, uh, yeah, for those so, that are listening, I have not watched Dynamite yet. I will get to it eventually. I'm behind on a lot, um, doing a lot of catching up to do um, over the next week, so we can do um, a show, a midweek show, um, where we preview NXT uh, Takeover and also Stardom's uh, pay per view, both on Sunday. So uh, I'll, I'll get up to speed quickly. 
Yeah, and then you know the Bucks like forcing Brandon Cutler to cheat for him against his will um, <laughs> in, in the in the opener. Uh, <laughs> How did that work? So they they wrapped it up on BTE. So like he was like, man, I like Brandon Cutler don't want to cheat because he's really a good guy, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they're like, you know, they start holding him contracts over his head. Like, oh yeah, you um, you know, oh you you just bought a house, right? And he was like, yeah, man, you know, twenty five hundred square feet, you know. And he was like, how long is that uh that mortgage uh, last for? He's like, oh, thirty years, man. He was like, oh, thirty years, huh? You know, you know, and they're like, oh yeah, you know. So you're gonna need to pay that mortgage for thirty years, right? And then he's like, well, yeah. He's like, well, in that contract, you know, you're gonna you're gonna need like. Your, your job to continue providing for your family right and then he eventually he cheats against like like this happened after on bte but like it plays into the finish of the match um so i'm uh, so i'm guessing death triangle you'll get what i say when i say it. so i'm guessing like uh cutler never signed an ironclad contract huh he signed the one they gave him mm. <laughs> the one they gave him and it's not even the case of he signed the ironclad contract is that the contract is quote unquote expiring soon is the contract going to be picked back up mm, okay so um yeah deep lore um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man um you know that's pretty much all I got on the wrestling uh the Lakers went their ass home uh this yep. past week sure did um I don't know what to say. It's just, you know, niggas broke up after this long season. I, I thought this would be one of the best Laker teams ever. I was wrong. Um. <laughs> like, but even before they got hurt, like when they were, they had the best record in the league or the second best record in the league or whatever, like they were winning in spite of the fact that like their shooting never came around. And then they got hurt. And the only thing that was consistent about them was their defense is great their offense is a mess because LeBron or AD aren't playing the minutes they should be playing or they should be playing or they're missing half the season like AD did or LeBron missed like two months or whatever it was. And like, but their shooters never came around in the way that they did last year in, um, in the playoffs or even during the regular season when they, you know, um, one of that run before the, um, the pandemic hit, but they gotta, they gotta invest in shooting. Um, they got they got to invest in shooting. If they do that, then they can figure out the rest. Like they probably never should have let uh, Dwight Howard go, but you know Dwight Howard is probably one of them people that is like, if he comes back for a second year, he might be a psychopath. So or, on the court it um, might work, but it might like mess up team chemistry. So I don't. So who knows? I don't. Or I don't know if they they had his bird rights or not. Whether they could afford to go over the cap and dig dip into the luxury tax. So like that's why they might have brought new people in. Hmm. I don't know. Um, I think Dwight but, originally thought he was coming back, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, all right, well, I guess y'all don't want me, and he ended up going to the Sixers. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Like, they got to figure something out. I, I would probably say try to get healthy. <laughs> yeah. If it's anything like, hey, uh, Anthony, like, and this, that's crazy Anthony about Davis, this. Is like, can Anthony you not, Davis. Can, can you not be a be a like a like a, a glass like made of glass, please, sir? Like he was hurt all Thank year. You. Like even when he was playing at the beginning of the beginning of the season, he wasn't himself. So it's like he whatever happened, like he has himself some months to get over that shit. And LeBron can LeBron will be fine. That was an ankle. 
Um, that's not something that's going to hinder him long term. It's not like it was an Achilles or a hamstring thing or whatever else. So they'll be back. Like LeBron will be thirty seven, but he's still LeBron. And like, so the only thing that's going to happen to him is like maybe he tears something in his, in his core again. But you know, that freakish stuff is like freakish stuff. Um, yeah. So I think they'll compete next year. Um, I think they'll make. I think they'll make better moves this off season than last off season. Um, I think they need also. to invest in some type of youth um, with those. Like Kuzma? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't have a problem with Kuzma. It's like, bro, like when you out here in the Bel Air Academy offense, it's like he's taking scraps. So, like, he's not going to get the opportunities he got before. Oh, no, no, so. no. My, my point is, like, he's he's inconsistent. And, I mean, obviously he's a younger player, but, like, It seemed like he had a defined role before everybody started getting hurt, right? Like, he realized he had to hit the offensive glass. He realized he had to become a better defender. He um, realized that, like, it's not – he needs to, like, just put the shit up and, like, try to slash – and try to cut off, you know, cut back door and stuff or whatever else, right? He became, like, a key – he was, like, one of the better, like, bench guys in the league this year. And then, like, AD and LeBron got hurt and he had to play more and it was, like – it was kind of like he was on the old, those older Laker teams, like the original Laker teams he was on, where he's like, he's more or less kind of sort of the, kind of the man, or he's the second man on the team. And then like when they came back, like he never found the balance to get back to that. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's just a weird thing where that happened to him and he has to like recalibrate. Um, Caruso should be the starting point guard for the Lakers unless they get like a Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry type, like let Schroeder walk, can't rely on him. Score, he'll score zero points in a fucking playoff game. <laughs> yeah. And he plays bad um, defense. Yeah, I, you won't get me defending Dennis Schroeder uh, because I can't trust somebody that can't shoot, like, to begin with. So, um, or, like, he's not even a threat to get hot. Like, he's, like, <laughs> like he's just kind of hanging out. Um, and I don't know. Wes Matthews, Wes Matthews looked good at times. Other times he didn't. KCP, some he didn't look nearly as good at times last year as he did this year. But he's always been an excellent shooter. So like maybe next year he'll probably shoot fucking forty percent for all we know. Who knows? Yeah, I'm not nearly as down on him as I've as I was a couple years ago. Right, right. Um. So yeah, that's. I mean, that's more or less. Their t- I mean, I don't know what adjustments they, they have to make. Adjustments around the you Drummond's know, the probably going to walk. They got to figure out some with Montrez and uh, Gasol because I think both of those guys have two year deals. Another I think thing, Montrez has a player option. Nothing to point out. This have you looked at this year's like free agency class for big men? No, it's fucking horrendous. Mm. Like Ilya, so like Ursan Ilya so might be the best big man in the uh, potentially in the market this summer. Look, he's still in the league, right? Right. Um, yeah, uh, and, and there's a there's a youth movement going on all over the NBA right yep. now. You you can just look at the playoffs. It's turned the generations are turning yep. over right in front of your eyes. Well, I don't know uh, if so much the generation turn is like as far as like LeBron's in year fucking what uh, 17, 16? 18. He's going in eighteen. Or was it eighteen? No, this, this was, was eighteen. Holy shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, like he's he's super old. 
It's just he's LeBron, so like we don't think of it that way. But he's super fucking old. Yep. Like um, who 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 else is thirty six or older in the league besides him, and Chris Paul? I'm sure there's some people I don't know. Carmelo. Don't call it. Car- yeah, because Carmelo's his age. Yeah. Is, is there anybody from like the O two? Is there it. anybody from the O two draft still in the league? Because I don't think so. No, there right. there can't be. Right. Unless it's Udonis Haslam. Oh, that shit don't count. You know, that man was a coach. That man damn near a coach. <laughs> UD is like count. 40. He's still in the league. Yeah, that man's out there as a coach slash ambassador slash we screwed you. We, we low-balled you on deals and you took home team discounts for us and we are paying you on the back end. That's exactly what that is with him. Let's see. What draft we was need, Udonis Haslam in? He was not in a draft, but he was supposed to be in the 2000 draft, but he was undrafted. The 2000 draft? I believe so. No, no, 2002 draft. He would have okay. been the 02 draft. Yeah, so think about that. How long has Amari Stoudemire been out of the league? Amari Stoudemire has been out of the league since like... Like five years, six years. <sighs> Playing the yeah. big three and shit. Yao Ming was also in that draft Yao class. Yao Ming, yeah. 2002, Jay Williams. Uh, Mike Dunleavy. Right. Like, LeBron's like, obviously he came out of high school or whatever, and he's one year um, old or younger than that class, but like, Dwayne Wade's not where to be found in the league. He's about to leave for how many years now? Three years? Two like years? Three years, yeah. Yeah. Let's see, 2003 NBA draft. Shit, should we just jump to the 2004 NBA draft? Like, Who else because- is there besides like Dwight? Think that I think Dwight might be the last man standing. Um, yeah, like Sean Livingston, long gone. Devin Harris, Luol Deng, long gone. Long gone. Okafor, gone. Been gone. Iggy's still hanging around. Yeah, on the end of bench. Yeah. Um, you think he's gonna coach? Smith was in the league last year. You think he's uh, gonna coach? It, I think Iggy will coach. Okay. Unless one of his. Um, one of his uh, Silicon Valley projects takes off. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, Yeah, Virgil, long gone. I don't think we've seen Virgil since, since the 2016 finals. Al Jefferson, is he, is he he's still hanging around or is he gone? He's been gone. I feel like I should jump to 2005. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Wait, the 2005 draft? Shit, Andrew Bynum was a 2005 draft, wasn't he? Yes, long gone. Been Andrew gone. Bogut, long gone. Yep. Marvin Williams, recently retired. Stuck around forever. Darren Williams, long gone. Oh, yeah. That 2017 draft was last time, or 2017 finals was last time we saw him. We yeah. stunt that bitch out. Raymond, is Raymond Felton still in the league? Can't be. Hell no. Hanging on somewhere. Nah, remember uh, he Charles Villanueva, been gone. Been gone. Sean May, Rashad McCann, the rest of the North Carolina dudes. Nope. Gone before, like, you know, like this decade. Sean May is Danny the... Grander. Sean May is the assistant coach for UNC now. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we should probably talk about that whole situation, but at Duke. Oh, Coach K, that's right. Yeah, Coach yeah. K is hanging it up after oh, five million... Down. After, like, five million years at Duke. Um... <laughs> 
the I don't mean to sound I don't mean to sound bad, but like Coach K been there for a long. Coach K took over what the what the early mid eighties. Bro, he took over in like eighty one. 80. Right. Yeah, like built the program damn near like. Okay, so they had some success, but he. I'm trying to think of a program to be so. It's kind of similar to like if uh, if we get to like 20 years from now with Clemson and Dabo, where it's like, yeah, they you know, they won some conferences, and yeah, like in the 80s they won a national championship at Clemson, whatever else. But like that shit is totally different from what this program is now because we have this guy here, and he may not have built our name originally, but like. From here on out, you're he gonna remember this coach like, in this program. Like we may have, like it, it, it's him. Like Coach K is like Coach K is the guy there. Um and there's really no there's really no if ands or buzz about it. Put a lot of dudes in the league. Um a one of the best in game strategists ever coming in out of timeouts in college basketball. A a person that I think best exemplifies the idea of what you want out of a coach for for um, kids becoming men, as as if they will you you will push them further than they think they can go, become the best players they could possibly be on the court, and then when outside of the court, he is caring and wants you to become the best person you can be and the best adult you can be. Um, which is something that I loved about, I've always liked about and respected about coach K, even though I hate Duke's guts, but, um, it was never any ill will towards K cause he built a great program. I obviously you have the jokes about, you know, um, and you could do the same thing with Roy, um, once he, after a certain point with uh, UNC, where it's like, you are, I'm seemingly selecting the stable situations as opposed to going after top talent. Uh, the top talent is what's going to break through and get you future recruits. What are you doing? Coach K eventually said, enough of this shit. I'm tired. I'm, I'm just going to go out in there and get you a local for. I'm tired of this shit. Like, I'm just tired. Um, this whole last decade, he spent like pretty much like undoing the criticism of the previous decade. Um. I would say yeah. From Zion to Tatum to yeah, yeah. Marvin Bagley to right. <laughs> Tyus Jones, right. Jaleel Okafor, right. fucking, but uh, I, who's there now, James Johnson. I would say that the criticism is only a criticism if you're losing or if you're not winning a national championship every every three years, um, yeah. which is kind of standard that Kay set for himself in the, in the 90s. Um but, like, I remember that night. I remember that like late nineties Duke team, but like that team, like they had like Maggette and, and Trajan Langdon and um, Elton Brand before. Like in like I think was Batty a freshman on that team? Yes. Yeah, like that team was hella black. That team had hella yeah. and, and hella diverse backgrounds. That's why I didn't. I I, I never understood. Like <clears throat> I became. I became a Duke fan like 2000, 2001. Like, all the dudes I like, I was like, Jay Williams, Shane mm-hmm. Battier, Carl's Blue. I'm like, ain't nothing but niggas. Like, what y'all talking about? Like, and then. <laughs> it, it, it goes back to, it goes back to the 80s, yeah. right? So, like, yeah. um, 
the, the thing the thing with Carolina and Duke is this, right? If you look around, I think Bo might explain this. Um, but if you look around at state universities with basketball teams around, whether it's like a team like Louisville, um, Kentucky, Kansas, Indiana, any any like you know, traditional UCLA, North Carolina has like this a special relationship with the actual black residents of that state. And I think and a lot of that ties back to Dean Smith being the first to integrate the ACC. Um, mm-hmm. And so like in at that point in time, Duke had did some things, whatever else, but like it's a, it's a school that mostly people, you know, go to from out of state, basically coming down from uh, like the Northeast to come down and go out of state there and, Whatever. So like, so for Black Carolinians, like they love them from North Carolina, right? That's how you. That's how you end up with like Jordan and Perkins and um, <clears throat> and Daughtery and all them, all them dudes from one, all them country ass uh, dudes from from them back roads and coming into the triangle or coming to Chapel Hill specifically. Um. So like when Duke comes around, Duke Duke, you know Johnny Dawkins obviously, and then and then you have the run where you have like. Jay Billis and I'm trying to think who's the other uh, white guy. Danny Ferry. Ferry. Yep, thinking of Ferry. And then next thing you know, like you get Bobby Hurley and Christian Leitner, and then like you get the weight. The thing that people don't understand about Bobby Hurley and, and Leitner is like, yeah, you can look at the they, hair. They get thing. out the mud. Right. You don't understand that. You don't understand that. Like Bobby Hurley's dad was a parole was a parole officer. You know what I'm saying? While also coaching uh at that, at that um at that school in Jersey, you don't understand that Leitner was like a middle wasn't wasn't like was a working class kid. He wasn't some prep school kid, or he went to a prep school, but because that was only because of how he, how good he hooped. It wasn't because he had the money to for that. He was on a scholarship. So look. Christian Leitner came out there and give it to you thirty but you in your gotta, face right. and win right. And the thing you also got to look at is <clears throat> all of those teams in the eighties as a proliferation of like schools getting uh, college basketball powerhouse getting blacker and blacker. Whether it's like Carolina was already had that, like we mentioned, like Georgetown coming onto the scene, like Nolan Richardson popping up at Arkansas, like it was all these schools getting blacker yet Duke is getting whiter and like they're getting the coldest white boys because like, cause like at the time, like Kentucky was down, which is where they used to go, but they're going to Duke now. And it's like, it's like they have the bag or they, they don't have the baggage that Kentucky has like the Adolf Ruff and all the racism. <laughs> so it's like, so like the people that are net that are, you know, 15 to 17 view a white boy and you're in America and you want the coldest basketball players in America. He's like, it used to be the place to go was Kentucky, and then Eddie Sutton, Eddie Sutton fucked it up, and it's like, oh, I guess I'll be going. Where am I looking to go? Where am I looking to go? Oh, Duke, Duke pop, popped up. What's this? What's this? Okay, ACC, we play, we rival with Carolina. Y'all made some Final Fours. Why not? Why not? And then it worked. It worked. And then you know, like, then you get like the Woges, and like. That mid '90s thing was as successful as it as it um as it was in the early '90s, and then they then they load in and say fuck it, Eldon Brandon or Eldon Brand Maggetti Battier bring your ass here, and then like next thing you know that kind of cycles down, and then you end up getting like the Reddick and uh, 
singlers, or whatever else. Like, it's always been this fluctuation, or at least last, like, 25 years of fluctuation, where it's like, he wants, where it's like, it, he keeps going from stability to these guys can draft too high to stability to draft it too high to stability, and now he's at this course where it's like, Guys, this is going, this that's the game. Guys, just get drafted high and leave regardless. I can't, I can't change this tide. Roy, you know, once a buddy from uh, the center left, for, uh, got in the transfer portal. You know, a lot of people think that was Roy's final straw. Where it's like, I can't do this with people just, just want to just leave because they don't get to play in time because they aren't ready yet. Like, like you look, I think of like two thousand, um, that two thousand twelve team. Why, like that was my last like diehard Carolina team was like, they had McDonald's All Americans. And guys that stayed for another year, like Harrison Barnes, it could have been a lottery pick. They had um, a guy like Tyler Zeller who was on the national championship team in 09 and was weak and had to become a better player to where his senior, his junior senior year, he actually became um, an all-conference type level player. Mm. Like, ain't no point for that now. Like, at, at this point, oh, lottery sniff, I'm gone. And yeah. I think for a lot of people, and I've know, always, I've always kind of like, you know, I've always said when you're that high, you got to go. Right. And I, you know, I have a special attachment to, you know, all the different Duke guys of my generation and K let them all like, you know, your Jay Williams, Mike Dunleavy, Boozer teams rolling into JJ Reddick, like who I mm-hmm. absolutely adored. And, you know, people that damn near ruined the program, like Paulus and McRoberts and, <laughs> um, yeah, and then like it, your Nolan Smiths and your 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 three S's, like, and then that team, you know, all going through juniors and seniors, and K just figuring it out with them, and you know him, you know, being the coach while USA basketball rescued itself, like, it, you know, all that stuff, like, well, he to, is a testament to the game, yeah. like, and that's the thing that K was smart about was like, yeah, I'll do Team USA. I'm also tired. I'm also tired of getting these like McDonald's All Americans that's gonna be here for four years. I was tired of that, and he, he changed it. Like, I don't know how much this ever gets talked about, but like, the Team USA thing is is at least at some extent a reaction to Calipari with getting you know John Wall and Boogie Cousins back to back years, and then going from there to Julius Randles, Anthony Davises, and shit. Like every single year, just reloading. Like he was like, "Hey man, I'm tired of this shit." Like. I'm I'm trying to do this and like he is he just retools and he gets a new team every single year and there's and there's actually stability in it as opposed to you know as mm-hmm. opposed to thinking like you know the you know if you put in the hard work not necessarily the hard work if you if you build in the growth it eventually pay off like yeah in some cases like a like like that 2017 you know what Carolina a lot team like. but that's like the last team that's like that really like if you're one of these powerhouses. Like, nah, you gotta retool. Like, every two years should be like the time where, like, the roster looks completely different. And, like, for fans, I understand that's frustrating, but, like, for a coach that's old school as, like, Roy and K, that had to be a word to, like, hey, man, what is, what even is this now? Bro, you know what it's a lot like? It's a lot like three point shooting. Like, oh, we figured out that all we got to do is shoot threes. It's like, hold on, all we got to do is recruit superstar freshmen. Oh, okay. And then, like, the light bulb went off. Like, I'm probably gonna pay attention to, obviously K's last season like more than I have paid attention to Duke in quite a while they didn't even make this tournament this year well that's um, okay so I remember the rule I don't remember the thing was it that buddy was it somebody didn't show up or somebody left right I think somebody left somebody but, left 
and then either y'all didn't, either y'all had a bad season or y'all were headed towards a bad season. And y'all basically were like, ah, screw it, we will we, we'll draw from all of it, cancel the season. Well, that's more or less like y'all. Then y'all, I'm pretty sure y'all canceled the season before y'all even finished it out or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think that happened. I, I I don't remember, but um, fine yeah, by man, me. Like, you, you think you think you think that first weekend uh, for Carolina was fun? <laughs> White Russ said, "Fuck it, I'm never again. <laughs> I'm gone." <laughs> yeah, but the John Wooden of our time, um, most wins ever. Um, happy I I got to watch twenty years of 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 uh, Coach K, and I, I still don't know how to spell his name. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll make that my goal for the next twelve months is to to know how to spell his name. Um, um, I guess I should talk about his successor. Uh, his successor is going to be John Shire. Um, it's Shire. Shire's, it's Shire. So Shire's been his associate head coach for like seven seasons and highly coveted. Um, he's pretty much been doing all the big recruiting like the last half decade. How like old he's is Shire? like 36? Shire's like my age. He's like 32, 33. He had like a a bad eye injury that forced him to retire like early. While I believe he went back to Israel to play. Thirty three. How about that? Yeah. So he's like almost he Coach 34. K's age. He's, he's like the, he's like the age Coach K was when he took over. And it's funny because so, we always thought it was gonna be like dogs, and the dog has left. Yeah, yeah. That's a long wait, you know. <laughs> or, or you never or know what's gonna come. Or, yeah, or Capel or somebody like yep, that. Yeah, Capel as well. Yeah, Amaker. Something like that, but uh, I think Shire's a, a good choice. Beloved as a player, a fighter, a warrior, like on the court, and been in the role, like doing the recruiting for like the last half decade. Like I said, like your Jason Tatum's, uh, your RJ Barrett's, like the guys that was you know run the point on that was Shire um, getting them there. So I don't have a like I'm not worried about the recruiting or anything. So I, I think it's good to go you know get as young as possible. Um, you know, try to avoid that Matt Doherty situation. Like, you know, if you can, you can avoid that, like get somebody that's like kind of connected. still. um, you know, I like it. Then, you know, he's going to have a year transition period to kind of learn on the job. And, you know, coach K is going to get his flowers from everywhere. A, a proper retirement season. Uh, I wonder why Roy didn't do that. Um, I think Roy was fed up. I think Roy was just didn't want to do it again anymore. And he was like, I'm just going home. And Roy was always that type where it was like, he can't, that dude's not built for a retirement tour because what you going to do, make, he, you want to cry three times every single game, every single road game. He's like, you know how many times he would cry uh, McCameron with all the, with, for him not getting booed for the first time? Like, nah, <laughs> Roy's not built Roy's not built for uh retirement tour. Like, that had been too I emotional. Won. It been too draining on him for, to, do, to do all that. So, like, that's probably for the best. He just said, I'm just... I'm done. We have a successor. Like this has been the plan for years now. Um, it's now Hubert's time, and you can go on the press conference talk about your white wife. So, boy, yeah. Um, the um, I I have one request for Coach Guy. I know it will never happen, but I have no, one request. I know you're about to say it's not going to happen. You, no, no. For the last season. No. You gotta stop dying the hair. No. Don't don't no. don't dye the hair. You want that man coming out uh uh the silver fox looking like Roy? Come on, man. We, we know what it is. Let Cash. let let K have that. 
Like can't have that. It's either that or he has to show up jet black. <laughs> don't 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 fuck around with it no. halfway. No, no. He shows up with the beard and the beard is also black. <laughs> oh my god. I ain't never seen Coach K with no facial hair ever. <laughs> no why? That man is an army man. Yeah, that's true. Oh man. That's funny. It is weird that like they, they just retire like within a year of each other. They're just be gone. Like AC's totally un- unrecognizable. Like and Bayheim's Bayheim is, is is like the senior legend in the ACC now. That, that don't even feel right. That don't it, even feel right. It still don't even feel right that they're in the ACC. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna have to dive back into I, I just started subscribing to some college basketball podcasts. If I can stand it and like watch the game. Can, can, like that and like you know handle the freshman turnover and it's funny it's like there there will be i think college basketball is going to kind of go a little bit like it was in the older days however the teams like your gonzagas they're going to have like juniors and seniors and shit but they're actually getting other people now so like gonzaga has great roster right so we were talking about that like what's making what's making people just pull up to to provo now and like we were just talking about, it's like if you are um, the coldest white boy, come the coldest white boys in the nation, you used to go to Kentucky. Then you went to Duke. Now you know for a while, you know you had you know Morrison happened, you had Gonzaga, like but now anybody, now everybody's pulling up to Provo. Everybody, mm-hmm. it's like what the fuck is that doing in the middle of nowhere, Washington? Listen to Wrestle Observer Live. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, he's a great coach. Uh, obviously, a Hall of Famer over and over. I'll miss him, and hope hope he uh, you know hope he finds happiness in his retirement. Yeah, shout out to Coach K. Um, that's in show, y'all. Uh, oh yeah, um, just heads up, we will be doing a uh, midweek show for One Inch Radio. We'll be previewing. Um, NXT TakeOver in Your House 2021, and we'll be previewing the um, Stardom pay-per-view on... Have you watched that NXT show last week yet? I am behind on all American wrestling. Okay. Um, I won't blow anything yet, but I saw that card uh, for TakeOver on paper, and it looks rough. Yeah, we'll get to it. Um, So, yeah, we'll get back to y'all, like, middle of the week, so... Um, But, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Be sure to rate us on whatever your uh, app you're using. Listen to us with. Um, go to pressingtees.com slash social suplex and pick up some official social suplex podcast network merchandise. Um, the newest shirt is always on top. Get into it. Uh, also go to red, our Red Circle page and drop us a donation. And listen to the other shows on the network. Uh, One Nation Radio, Keeping the Strong Style, Grumman Washes Shit. Durkin Clive Wrestling Podcast, Eight Bit Suplex, uh, The Great Consequence Podcast, All Things Elite, and Great Mass Generator. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, 
and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.